Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 137. We are entering week five of social distancing and self-isolation. I heard an interesting interview today, Steve, with uh, Ezra Klein at, at Vox, and he was talking about how he wishes they reframe the uh, like terminology we're using from social distancing to physical distancing, because we shouldn't be socially apart from people right now. We should try and like connect with people as much as possible and like reach out to people who might be socially distant. But um, he thinks we should start using the term physical distancing, but social like strength and con- and uh, continuing to be socially connected. And I thought social, that was really interesting. Social closening. Social closening and physical distancing. I think everyone kind of knows at this point what, what it means though is the thing. Mm-hmm. But um, he was talking about some data that the people most like who most need to be socially distant in those like um, age ranges and people with you know uh, pre pre existing conditions that would make them more susceptible to this are the people who are more likely to also be socially distant in terms of not having people check in on them or be able to talk to people because you know there's that thing around there around there. Yeah, I know. So. Uh, I know. Like. My, me and my two brothers, we kind of have a, a system going on to contact my mom and my one brother lives like in the same town or whatever. And he's like dropping off groceries for her and stuff like that. So that's, that's like what we're doing at least for, for that. And Heather, you know, my wife's talking to her family and stuff like that. So everyone, everyone just reach out to the, to your loved ones. And in light of all of this seriousness, let's talk about some unseriousness that is video games. Let's do it. Um, if you're not aware, the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven. I'm joined by another Steven, but there's a key difference in that I'm Steven with an A and he's Steven with an E. We had a suggestion from one of our patrons that we call you Steve E and me Steve A, uh, and we will not be doing that. No. But we I, really appreciate the suggestion. <laughs> I sh- no, I'm glad you <laughs> shot that down because I was just about to sh- shoot it down as well. So, No, uh, I am Steven and you're Steve, and I think we get by with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, my email, the email for for me, for the site, mm-hmm. is steve at CanadianGameDevs.com, and yours is steven at mm-hmm. CanadianGameDevs.com. So, I mean, and it works. Kinda, yeah, it works fine. It's fine. Whenever I, whenever I reach out to, like, a developer or something in an email, I'm like, put me and my colleague on your uh, press list, Steve and Steven. I know it's confusing for us, too, winky face, and they always comment on that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but this show is made possible with the amazing support of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. We had some new patrons last month, so thank you so much, everyone, for pledging your support to help keep the lights on, help us covering the game dev scene here in Canada. Uh, if you want to back us, head over to that URL, and you can get early access to the show, a special channel on our Discord, as well as shoutouts at the end of every episode, and the knowledge that you're helping us do this work. Um, there's no events. They're all canceled, as per usual. <laughs> But you can, uh, you know, hop online and discuss game dev related stuff with people digitally. That's a, always an option. But yeah, don't go outside. Don't go to events. They reopened ticket sales for GDC, Steve. They're trying to oh schedule for August and they're trying to sell tickets. No, don't no. buy GDC tickets. Don't assume you'll be able to travel to San Francisco by August. Don't don't do that. It's irresponsible. And it's got to be some like contractual obligation they had with the venue or something to reschedule. But I am disapproving. Yeah, as a big uh, as a big sports person, as a lot of people know, I've been listening here and there to sports radio. They're just talking about the most stupidest shit ever. Like they have no nothing to discuss really at this point. But in terms of sports arenas and stuff, and you know, a basketball game will have twenty thousand people. A hockey game similar. A baseball stadium can fit fifty thousand people sometimes. They're saying like this will like you are not going to an arena this time this year at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe not even like by this time next year, just because it's it's going to be like a slow burn. Like you, we're going to we're going to be able to kind of do smaller events. Like you know, a tennis match has I don't know how many people are going to see a tennis match, but not that many. Whereas a basketball game will have twenty thousand people. Like that's not going to happen for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I really want the NHL regular season to be canceled though, so I can get refunded on my ticket because I could use that money mm-hmm. <laughs> as we all could. Mm-hmm. Don't go to any events. Don't buy no. GDC tickets. If anything, write to the GDC and complain. Are they still That's, selling them for the... Because GDC is like famously expensive, right? 
Yeah, it mostly travel expenses were the big one, but tickets are also expensive if you can't get like a scholarship or something. Yeah. Um, they refunded the tickets last time around, I believe. Asterisk, not sure, hundred um, percent. But yeah, <sighs> don't do that. Yeah, it even wow, two hundred, three hundred bucks early rate ends July eighth. And that for like all the talks. Uh, I don't know. I'm just there's conference pass and expo pass, and the expo mm. pass is much is not hundred dollars. So I'm guessing, I don't know. They don't pay the speakers even, do they? Do they not? I, I'm pretty sure they don't pay speakers. That's rough. Yeah, it's a scam. Uh, but I want to go one day. Uh, and <laughs> let's move on to the news, Steve. Um, I got three three pieces of news for you this week. Can't wait. First up, Grand Block Odyssey. Uh, has launched on Steam. It's the first game from Montreal-based studio Odd Breeze. It's kind of like one of those block-pushing puzzle games, you know, where there's like a, a a room you're in and there's a bunch of blocks with different rules. You can only push certain ways and you're trying to get from one side to the other or unlock something. Um, it's inspired by uh, 90s SNES puzzle games. Um, it's a solo developer uh, based out of Montreal. I actually got a chance to meet him at Canadian Gaming Expo in 2018. Um, his name's Jonathan Schoenard. I uh, hope I said that right. It's French. And yeah, it, it's uh, 20 bucks. It's uh, if you like puzzle games, and this one has a lot of levels, which puzzle fans always look for in the little feature section. Um, and he worked on it with a team, a couple freelancers, and. Uh, some musicians so yeah it's out now on steam and uh, uh they provided us with a key so i'm going to add that to our stream to stream list we are Ooh. going to stream more consistently yes we are um, i was extremely bad at it when i played it uh in 2018 and i assume i am still extremely bad at it but i'm gonna give it the old college try as they say name the game again what's the name of the game the name is called full name is crew 167 colon the grand block odyssey and crew, you are crew one six seven. You're like this guy who wakes up on a spaceship, and I uh, trying to figure out what's going on. And there's these blocks. You got to push them around. It's got positive reviews on Steam. Crew one six seven finds himself alone on a spaceship, hurtling towards a destination that may be the salvation his home has been seeking. Isolated, his mind begins to create hallucinations to keep him entertained. Dive into the mind of a character as he tries to make sense of the world around him. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See now, I know we I know we mentioned this quite a bit, and it's kind of a joke. But pages need gifts because I'm looking at this, and in five seconds I can see the type of game it is. You push the blocks around, mm-hmm. and I can see then once the guy finishes this room, it starts to moving around, being all weird like, and then he's like freaking out. And I was just kind of chirping evil within about how crazy shit happens, and the guy doesn't freak out. So I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. This is why this is why Steam needs a. Uh, Wishlist, you know, or uh, why Steam needs gift pages. You know, I know, I know, we're a little bit early. I want to add this to the wishlist. Are you adding it to your wishlist? I am. Play the sound. It is definitely some like weird meta story thing going on here, dealing with sanity. Um, so yeah, if that interests you at all, definitely check it out. Our next bit of news today: Shooting Blaster Big Bang Boom from Toronto-based SRM Studio is releasing on Steam April sixteenth. Now you sent me this one. Do you want to tell me what? Is interesting about shooting blaster big bang boom i'll be honest i only sent it because i was on the mail list for it i didn't have oh, okay <laughs> didn't yeah, i'll do the, i'll do the steam description <clears throat> please do <laughs> are you gonna shoot yes are you gonna blast yes are you gonna make a big bang yes are you gonna make a bigger boom yes so what do you get shooting blaster big bang boom come have a f- some fun. It's a good time time. The Steam description needs a little work, but that's okay. Um, there is a GIF in the uh, in the description, which is always appreciated. Um, ooh, and like a detailed breakdown of uh, PC spec requirements. That's always that's always fun. Um, that <laughs> there's a, a typo in the Steam description, but that, that's okay. It looks like a twin stick, two <laughs> D kind of space shooter thing. High score, lots of levels. Yeah, coming out April 16th. I like, I like the last little bit. All things considered, we believe you can run this this game on almost any PC with hardware up to 10 to 15 years old. Damn. That's <laughs> a... Oh, I, people should try that. Someone should pull out one of those, like, 
what's the one with the little nub on the tra- on where the mouse would be? The ThinkPads, you know, the Logitech ThinkPads. Oh yeah, I forgot about that little nub, the little yeah, red dot the, thing. The nub. Yeah, if this can run on one of those from like uh, an elementary school programming class from like 2004, that should be the benchmark for every you know 2D arcade game. It needs to be able <laughs> to run on that. Can it run on a publicly funded computer <laughs> from 2004? Can it run on a <laughs> Lenovo ThinkPad? If yes, check. Uh, there's no. There's no need to put even a PC requirement. It. It. You pass. But yeah, this. I, I'm down with this. It looks like a little bit of a twin six shooter. I'm guessing. Um, I'm getting those vibes. Yeah. Definitely a little retro feel too. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this. He's um, feeling it. Yeah, I just got the I got the like email or whatever because I'm on just I think ever since E3 I was just put on generic like press lists because I noticed like I can tell when something was just sort of I'm just a name on a list versus first off it goes to Steve at TorontoGameDesk.com and not contact at Toronto at CanadianGameDesk.com mm-hmm. Steve at TorontoGameDesk.com is like the old email so anytime I get emailed to that I just know it's just from some list that E3 probably sold to someone mm-hmm. um, or got stolen away. Um, but yeah, I so I, I get a bunch of those emails and then I just always check to see if it's like uh, Toronto based and then I just put it on the list to add to the site later. But yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and last bit of news today: a fold apart is releasing Friday, April seventeenth from Toronto based studio Lightning Rod Games. It's coming to Apple Arcade, Nintendo Switch, and Steam. In a world of folding paper, there are two sides to every love story. Uh, so this is sort of a 2D, 2.5D uh, puzzle platformer, um, and it looks like the, the gimmick here is there's this guy and this girl, and their um, world is like a sheet of paper that you can like flip to see, and one of them's going one way, one of them's going the other way. It's hard to describe. This trailer's really trippy, though. I'm getting good vibes from it. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of based off long-distance relationships. Um, I interviewed these guys year ago year and a half ago um it's probably one of the last like one of the later interviews i've done um but yeah it's like based off a long distance relationship um and we were just talking about how or i was just saying about how i didn't know anything was like coming to apple arcade so (laughs) kind of a reason to do it i probably would just get it on switch though to be perfectly honest like if it was coming to apple arcade first i thought all the apple arcade games were coming there first and then like i thought there was a deal that you couldn't no, no, because uh, even at launch, like um, Hot Lava from Clay came to Steam and Apple Arcade. It's just it's the only way to get it on mobile is through Apple Arcade. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just confusing things. I don't know. There's always weird things, but um, I'll probably just play it on Switch. I, I have been excited for this game. It's uh, I think it's been in development for quite some time. So it looks cute. Yeah, I'm down. All right, that's it for the news. Lots of great games still coming out. Turns out one of the things that keeps going when the whole world shuts down is game development. Because I mean, most people work remotely anyway. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't leave your home, so. All you need is just a computer, so. You know that story of, like, uh, like a, there was that, like, guy who they found in one of, like, the islands in the Pacific Ocean who thought the war was still going on? And oh, then, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, there's, like, he, some game developer somewhere who, like, doesn't know there's a pandemic going on, so someone's going <laughs> to, like, check on them in, like, a year or two. He's like, you survived? And he's like, what? I've just been working on my, my uh, twin stick shooter. <laughs> Something going on? <laughs> just a mountain of Mr. Noodle packages behind him? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, everyone should go read that story. It's about it's a Japanese guy who I, th- who I think was like still terrorizing like this, this village or something because he thought the world was or war was still going well into like the 60s and 70s, and they had to go get his like general um, to like basically relieve him of duty. And I think he even like killed some people like during his sort of time, like at war, even though there wasn't a war. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of relieved of that because it's just like, no, the guy was guy clearly went mentally insane. But um, it happens. Yeah, for sure. War, war is messed up. I mean, we're going to have war for resources soon, so everyone will kind of find out. Hmm, good thing all the fresh water in the world's in Canada. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, good. Not all. Hey. 70, like 70%. A chunk of it. A large chunk. It's the great. It's the Great Lakes, isn't it? Yeah, but how great are they really? I mean, one of them is solely in. Maybe it's not the Great Lakes because they're connected to the the oceans. No, these are the Great Lakes. 
No, but I mean, do the Great Lakes, are they clean? Are they not salt? They're not salt water. I don't know how no, this yeah. stuff works. They, they flow out. It flows out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I see, I see. West to so, east. So there's Lake Michigan. I mean, you can just bomb the states. Everyone doesn't like the states. Get the, get the states water. Oh, no. If they bomb the states, we're going to have, like, Windsor's right there. They're going to go for Detroit and have use <laughs> Windsor as, like, a launch point. Yeah, it's <laughs> a launch point. And the Call of Duty games are going to be wild in, like, 20 years. And Niagara Falls. Oh man, the, the great battle of Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> Anywho, you know, there, well, there probably was a battle back in 1812. You know what? Did Windsor even exist in 1812? I don't know. That's a I'm British sure name, it's so right probably. at the. I'm I'm assuming because it's right at the, like it's on the water or whatever. Huh. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. Man, what a time! What a, <laughs> what a time! <laughs> let's do some. Uh, let's do some wish list this, Steve. <laughs> let's let's. Uh, for those who don't know, this segment was inspired by Steve and Brett, rest in peace, frequent wishlisting of games while we were talking about them. So, every week, I highlight three upcoming Canadian-made games. You can add to your wishlist right now. First up, Industries of Titan from Race Yourself Games in Vancouver, BC. Uh, it's coming to Epic Games Store, Steam, and quote-unquote other platforms, quote, end. So, you'll probably get it on PS4 someday, Steve. You- uh, what oh, i just said yeah okay um <laughs> it's uh quote create a sprawling industrial city compete with the other great houses of titan for resources territory and power do battle with ships technology influence or the sheer productive power of your factories stake your claim to the industries of titan in this innovative sim strategy game and i will say this game has a hot steam page they did this thing where like um, there's a bunch of gifts that you could show how like your, your industry sort of like ramps up. Um, and yeah, even the, the titles animated, it's great. Oh, this, it's great, this great. is some good shit. This is like, so is this like Sim City? Like I'm watching this trailer, but it looks more like a cinematic trailer. Let me, let me move on to this. Is this, is it kind of like Sim City? Kinda. Or, yeah, like, but it's more like entirely just. Are you building? I guess what I'm asking stuff. is, are you building the the city part of it, or are you like managing those ships and flying? You, you're, those ships? So you're designing the city and then like leveling up buildings, um, and you start with a smaller city and build it into a big big city metropolis. Um, you need to balance the needs of your workers, factories, buildings to produce a powerful, efficient economy. But there seems to be some sort of like ship battling thing going on here. I don't think there's. If you go to the second trailer on the Steam page, around the oh yeah, it does look like they're fighting. Sec- yeah, twenty-five second. Oh yeah, he just blows up that ship right above the city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is fighting. That's pretty wild. Yeah, so I, I design the interiors of your battleships by strategically placing weapons, shields, and thrusters. Ooh, okay. It looks like there's there's fighting over top of the city. It that looks great. Seem, that doesn't seem so good for the workers below. Uh, it's never good for the workers, Steve. <laughs> it's never good. What if what if the workers are union? Part of the union is they don't blow up. They should they should unionize. Yeah, maybe, maybe they maybe they've unionized in the, in the thing. I doubt it. You can add to your wish list right now. Coming out release date twenty twenty one. Next up today, the Crimson Diamond from Julia Minamata. You can wish list it on Steam. The Crimson Diamond. Quote, follow amateur geologist and reluctant detective Nancy Maple to the fictional ghost town of Crimson, Ontario, to investigate the discovery of a massive diamond in this retro-inspired EGA text parser mystery adventure. Wow. What is EGA? This looks like, um, this looks like... This is like 80s style Leisure Suit Larry and stuff. Yeah, like, like, uh, what's, what are those games with the, oh, Monkey Island. You know yeah, what I mean? Monkey Island, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Uh, Dig was another one. Um, damn, this is this is throwing me back. We were just talking about like school computers. This is throwing me back to like grade seven. <laughs> what does EGA stand for? Uh, early EGA early. text parser. What is EGA? Because that that seems like I rarely, rarely, Steve, find like Ooh. one of those game terms thrown around. Good on them because if you if I bing EGA text parser the crimson diamond comes up so huh good on them I wonder if it's what is it EGA early game adventure 
enhanced graphics adapter. Oh, I don't know. This is true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Enhanced graphics adapter is an IBM PC computer display standard from 1984 that supersedes superseded and exceeded the capabilities of CGA standard introduced with the original IBM and was itself superseded by VGA standard in 1987. Interesting. This game uh, was a finalist in the Ubisoft Indie Series. Oh, nice. Um, and it has GIFs in the store page. This game looks great. That's all I'll say. The only, the only thing with... It does. The only thing with these games is I just don't know how they hold up. I'm afraid I would want to play, you know, Fate of Atlantis again, but I don't know how it holds up. And I feel Mm. like it would just ruin my memory of this. And I feel like I don't know if I have I don't know if I'd want to play this on a PC. I feel like this is the type of game I would want to play on my phone. You know what Mm. I mean? And just Mm -hmm. kind of play. However, there is we should mention there is a free demo. So you can download the demo and see if uh, always give it a try for yourself. Yeah. And there's gifts and stuff. So good on them. See, I played um, when my when my aunt lived with us when I was a kid. She introduced me to a whole bunch of games. One of them was Grim Fandango on PC, and I never got out of the first level because I was like four and stupid. But uh, <laughs> years later, I got it on PS4, and I just started it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna play through this with a guide. I don't really care. Um, so yeah, I just played with uh, my laptop open on a guide, played through it, had a great time. It's funny. Of course, the puzzles are stupid. Some of those those puzzles make no sense, and if you think there's any logic to them. And they're well designed. You're an idiot. But they're still <laughs> they still look really, really good. I would switch between like the old mode and the new mode. And uh, you play through it kinda like you're watching a movie and it's funny and this this gives me those kind of vibes. So I'd wait till there's a, a guide out. Unless they did that thing where like they tried to adapt an old look with like modern gameplay. Cause like kinda like uh, Jenny LeClue, which was one of those um um Apple Arcade games at launch, kinda I think did what this is doing, but like with a modern aesthetic and control scheme. Hmm. But uh, hmm. yeah, looks great. Set in a fictional Ontario town. Nancy, Ma- that's Nancy Drew. They're just doing. Oh man, it's so it's so on the nose, but it's Nancy good. Nancy Maple. <laughs> yeah, Nancy Maple. You're killing me. Nancy's born and raised in Toronto. This looks like a uh, a solo developer too. Shout out to Julia. Keep yeah, doing publisher the good work. NA. So publisher myself. Um. Yeah, so check that out. The Crimson Diamond on Steam. <laughs> OS, that, Windows 98 or later. Uh, <laughs> that's storage funny. Storage is 55 megabytes. That's funny. <laughs> Some good shit right there. That's funny. Uh, last game today, uh, Super Rocket Ride. Uh, we did another Cosmo, game, Cosmo Cat game last week, who's a developer in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and that was Toxicant. But this week, I want to highlight Super Rocket Ride, also from Cosmo Cat, who's working with Unruly Games, which is a studio based out of Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. Uh, quote, it can be best described as a cross between old school lander games and classic platformers of the SNES era. A simple control scheme, lush pixel art, and unforgiving levels fraught with obstacles and hazards. Um, this is another one of those games we were provided a code for, and we are going to add to our stream schedule. It's coming out TBD 2020. This item is not yet available, but you can add it to your wish list. I just Steve, did. I haven't been asking if we do add, add to these other ones. Should I just play three in a row right here? Um, yeah, I added all three to my wish list. So. Okay, ding, 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 <laughs> ding. Are you, are you just going to replace your ding with the thing, or? You... No, I'll do. I'll do the real ding. Okay. <laughs> That's it for wish list. This. If you want your game talked about in our show, and then I tweet out a nice thread that people seem to appreciate every Wednesday when we publish the show. Send me your game. I want to I wanna see it. I want to see your Steam page. I want to judge it, but not harshly, just constructively, you know? Yeah. I think all, um, all three had good Steam pages this week, though. I agree. But my favorite would have to be Industry of Titan. Because if you go Although, to the bottom there, it shows how, like, the buildings level up. Yeah, I like that. Actually, now that I'm looking at Super Rocket Ride a little bit more, there's just it's just a short description feature, so there's no 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 little thing here. That's okay. Small team. Smaller the team, the more forgiving we are. That's fair. Um, yeah, that's it for Wishless This. Now it's time for Steve's new segment. Vintage Canadian Game of the Week. Every week we're going to highlight three. No, two. two. Three was Wishless This. <laughs> a pick each of a vintage Canadian game. Vintage being another word used in the wine world, but we've adapted it to mean a game that has aged well. Still deserving of your attention. A refined taste would appreciate these games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Steve? I get it. What's your pick of the week? Uh, my pick, so playing below this week, uh, and we'll talk about that uh, in the next segment or whatever, but 
I wanted to give a shout out to Capybara Games. Uh, so I, I, my pick of the week goes to Super Time Force Ultra, or at least I know it as Super Time Force Ultra. I think it was wow. originally just released as Super Time Force on Xbox 360 and Xbox One back in 2014. So later ported to PS4, PC, Vita, and even like Linux for those nerds out there. Um, this was like a kind of retro style Contra game, but it had a little twist of a time travel or like a time stoppage and time traveling kind of Mm -hmm. uh, thing where you kind of go through the game, you run out of time and then you sort of rewind time. Your character, that character stays, you can switch to another character. And so your past character is like playing the level still and doing all the stuff. And then your new character is now going through it. Um, And then you kind of just like keep switching back and forth and stuff like that. It's a little chaotic. Definitely uh, a lot, like it's really funny too. Uh, A lot of good humor in it. Um, But yeah, a lot of fun. It's on Vita, so you should just go pick it up on Vita. No, you shouldn't. Absolutely pick it up on PS4 or or (laughs) Xbox One. I don't even think I played it on Vita, to be honest. I think I played it on PS4. So I played it on Xbox 360. The PS4 version has uh, Shuyu Yoshida, I think I'm saying this name. Shuhei. Yeah, it was like a PlayStation like head of studios or something like that. Um, and I think like the guy from Journey or whatever, or whatever the thing is from Journey uh, in it, I'm pretty sure you could play as him, uh, which was weird. Um, but the so the PS4 one was like the latest one. I'm sure that the other ones have been updated to that, but you can pick up on Steam right now. It's $16.99. I'm sure it's similarly priced to other places. So Delicious. I go Super Time Force Ultra. Shout out to Capybara Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also inspired by a game we were talking about in Industries of Titan from Brace Yourself Games. And my pick of the week is Crypt of the Necrodancer. It released April 23rd, 2015, and it is now available on basically everything. Mac, Linux, Microsoft, PS4, Vita, 360. Oh, it's not 360. Xbox One, Switch. So if you have a 360 in the year 2020, God help you. But um, you won't be able to play this game. Uh, It's a roguelike rhythm game developed by Brace Yourself Games in Vancouver. The game takes fundamental elements of a roguelike dungeon explorer and adds beat-matching rhythm game set to an original soundtrack written by Danny Baranowski. Do you know Danny Baranowski? He's probably one of my favorite game music composers ever. No, I don't. Let me, let me hit, I'll hit you with some, some, some games. Super Meat Boy. Ooh. Um, Binding of Isaac. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Cannibalt. Gravity Hook, these are some good games. Good games with great soundtracks. And you did the soundtrack for this game. And in a game about rhythm, you need good music, Steve. Um, it's great. It's like the, the the stages are all divided up into grids and you have to move to the beat of whatever song and there's things that slow it up and um, slow it up and uh, s- slow it up. Oh my God, what am I saying? <laughs> Speed it up or slow it down. And uh, the modern adaptation of this game is Cadence of Hyrule, which came out last year. I was going to say, ago? yeah, this was the, the, there was a Zelda one or whatever. Yeah, right? they kind of basically took this game's like core mechanics and made it a Zelda game. Um, and it's still pretty good, but I have, a, I have a soft spot in my heart for Crypt of the Necrodancer. And you should check it out. Is the Zelda one the same game, just with Zelda stuff on it? Or is it still the same? Kind of. It's got the like over, Zelda overworld and all the Zelda items and Zelda music and stuff. But, um, right. Yeah, it's 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 basically kind of the same game, yeah. Um, Looking at the the trophies, and 0.06% have the platinum, so I'm just seeing what... Uh, tricky biscuits. Complete all zone mode. Complete all zones mode with solo cadence in under 15 minutes. Looks to be the... The tricky one? The tricky one. There's also kill three green bats and complete all zone modes with solo monk. Actually, there's quite a few bronze. There's a bronze. There's a few bronze trophies that have like less than well, less than one percent. So, on PSN profiles, yeah, those don't count. Wouldn't Complete it be lower? All zone modes with solo coda, but that just takes the percentage of everyone who's registered it to PSN profiles, not everyone who's played the game. So, I think it's how does this work? Because yeah, if you hover over, it's a different percentage. So if I don't hover over the platinum, it's point zero six. If I hover over, it's one point four. I feel like the hover is the is the registered people. Hmm. Okay, so it's still pretty tricky, regardless. Yeah. Anyway, those are some vintage Canadian games of the week, and we will not be taking suggestions for those. We come up with those, so go away. Uh, <laughs> Wait, have we have we been getting suggestions for them? No, 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 no. Okay. I just said that for wish list this, so I thought I'd make it clear. 
we mean, are the tastemakers. Well, if, if you want to tell me, I'm I'm happy to listen to you, <laughs> but I might, but I can't guarantee that I will actually, um, will actually recommend it. But don't tell me be, anything. Well, it has to be a game that we played, so I'm not just going to, you know, yeah, rec- recommend a game that we've never played. No, no, Steve, I'm the tastemaker. All right, fine. I said a short hike was the best game of 2019 before the Independent Game Festival gave it like three game of the year awards yeah but they gave them they gave the dude money and we did not so i mean that's true but i gave him exposure (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure he eats on exposure every single day yeah you'd rather have the money um let's talk about what we've been playing uh i'm gonna go first this week i'm playing animal crossing literally right beside my monitor i've set up another monitor with a switch dock so i can constantly play animal crossing and today is the Fishing tournament. fishing tournament and it's bullshit. If you don't know, in previous games you have to just catch the the lo- longest fish to to win, and that was great. But now it's like this point system because everything in Animal Crossing New Horizons is some bullshit point metric to get you playing longer, like a mobile <sighs> game, but without any of the microtransactions. So you need three hundred points. You get at most in you, you get three minutes at a time to go and catch as many fish as possible. I have caught like ten in three minutes if I just run to the edge of the water, chuck bait out and catch like as fast as possible. And then, so you get a roughly like 10 or 11 points you need 300. So it's about 30 to 40 times of doing that. And it's, it's bullshit and I hate it. And a CJ for his little streaming gimmick, the otter beaver, beaver, you sell your fish to is a sham. He's a con and I won't, <laughs> I won't stand for any of this. Uh, Animal Crossing continues to be a mixed bag for me. I've still played it every single day since it came out for a lot of time. But sounds like it's not a mixed bag then. <laughs> it is. It, it's it's like a love hate. It. No, no, no. It's a love hate. We'll see if this has the staying power of New Leaf. That's fair. But yeah, the the fishing tournament's bullshit. You know what isn't bullshit though? I was playing Civ Six. My dad, God bless him, plays one game really, video game. He plays some board games, and it's Civilization. Um, when I was a kid, he would play Civilization 3 and then 4 and then the Beyond Earth. But he would always buy the game and then just sit down and play it for like 10 to 20 hours until he beat it. And then it would go back on the shelf and I never saw him play it again. So then I would take it off the shelf and play it a bunch. Uh, we played a couple games together one time. Um, and that was probably the only times we would like actually play the game at the same time. He would still like hang out while I played other games. Mm. But that is my like childhood memory of Civilization. So this past week, Civ 6 went on sale on Steam. And I was like, hey, Dad, it's on sale. You should pick it up. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And so uh, Friday morning, he messaged me. He's like, hey, I got Civ 6. You want to play? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. It was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Downloaded it. Started playing. And we played a <clears throat> 11-hour game <laughs> of Civ 6. 250 oh, turns. Beginning to end. We went all the way to 2100 or whatever. And, and we won. He launched uh, the, the rocket to Mars. He was very happy. He literally got it within like two or three turns of the game ending. So it was like prime, prime Civ Six ending material there. But uh, yeah, that was that was my experience with Civ Six. I loved it. I had, of course, Animal Crossing off to the side because it would take my dad like ten minutes to finish a turn while I just like automated everything. I'm done. Uh, I loved it, and I hope we get a chance to do it again. And I really like Civ Six. I played a bit of Civ Five earlier this or last month with some friends and it was really convoluted it wasn't my favorite with this one i really like the workers are like one and done you get like a couple uses for each of them i really like the civics science like tracks and then your government is just drag and drop policies and stuff it feels way simpler way easier for me to wrap my head around than civ 5 did with all its bullshit and you're nominating people for different policy votes and yeah, it was whack but mm. I, I i like civ 6 a lot and you have it and we should play it i do have it yeah it was a birthday gift from heather um i played a little bit but i it's my first time playing civilization and i just i don't know what i'm doing and i don't mm-hmm. know if what i'm doing is even correct you know mm-hmm. i'd never actually finished a map because every time i go into it i just end up thinking okay i'm i mess up and then i just restart and there isn't like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not reading enough. Of it. I'm also not really that big of a strategy guy. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely fun. I can see why people get addicted to it. It's not really my huge cup of tea, but it's definitely a game I keep kind of wanting to go back. I also want to get the next expansion because it has the the Canadian stuff and the Hungarian stuff, which is mm-hmm. basically me. 
Um, so I, I really want to. Yeah, it has that. Laurier, Sir Wilfred Laurier. I, I know. And who's of the, the Hungarian school person? I attended? I don't know the Hungarian guy. Not important. What do you mean? What, what do you mean? It might okay, be the dude I'm named see. after. Hungarian Civ Six. The the Laurier one's funny because like that's the <laughs> school I went to, and I like to make fun of him. Matthias Corn Corvinus. I have no idea who that is. Their special ability is 50% production when building districts or adjacent to the city center. And their unique unit is the Huzar. The unique building is the thermal bath. Well, how about that? So this guy was Kane from 1458 to 1490. Hold on, let me... That's not a bad run. Um... The Renaissance, right? Yeah. No, Just after the plague? Oh, so the guy I'm named after is, is well before that. So I'm I'm named after Stephen II of Hungary. King. Mm-hmm. King Stephen. I think he's also a saint. I believe that's who... Yeah. Maybe actually, maybe the first king. I'm named after a Hungarian king that was named Stephen. His, his mummified hand is actually like in a church somewhere in like Budapest. Um very weird it's like the holy hand actually no Stephen one of king yeah this is the dude uh and i want i was i wanted i wish it was him it would have been cool to play as him but my grandmother named me after after him so a little fun fact about Stephen crane you should get is the dlc still on sale it is all right get the dlc i'll play laurier you play the hungarian and we'll just we'll talk through this all right that sounds fun let's try to do that tonight yeah i'm down after, uh, after my ramen after ramen but what have you been playing steve uh so i finished resident Evil 3 i platinumed it um did more than finish it (laughs) i beat it like five or six you had to beat it like five (laughs) or six times to get the platinum um and still yet i think i was well under like 15 like i was under 15 hours of total play time because in the end like the game is great it's fun Mm -hmm. okay but it's just way too short it's like i i beat it like under five hours the first time Mm-hmm. And then the second time I was using a guide to collect the st- the remaining stuff, it was like two and a half hours or maybe three hours. And then by the, by that time, then I was, I knew exactly what to do and I had the rocket launcher. So it was like one hour each time afterwards. And so it's not like a, it's not a bad game at all. Like it's really fun and great. It's just like, it's just way too short and there's just not enough there. Like it's, it's too cinematic. There's not enough like maze kind of stuff. There's not really like any interesting puzzles. Like you're not really kind of stuck on where to go. Even like, even in the first playthrough, like, you know, I was never really like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I felt like I always had ammo and stuff like that. Like I was talking with my friend who also got a day one. He was just like, yeah, I feel like I never was really stressed about ammo or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's simply because you don't spend that much time in an area. So you just kind of keep her always like moving forward. So you don't have to like, if you dodge a zombie, you probably won't have to see that zombie again. And mm-hmm. so you can just simply kind of dodge the ones that you won't see again. Whereas in Resident Evil, like two and one and all that stuff, like you might run into the same hallway like 20 times. So you, you know, it's a battle of whether you kill a zombie or not. <clears throat> um, and then I've been playing Resident Evil Resistance, which was the multiplayer tie into it. And it's like, again, it's all right. It's not great. It's I feel like what they did is they kind of had these like two kind of 30 or $40 games, like these budget games, and, and they just mashed them together. And they're like, okay, this is a full package. And it doesn't really feel that way. It just feels like they had some good stuff here and there's just not enough content. Because they're two different launchers on, like they're two different icons on the PS4, right? Yeah, two different trophy sets and everything. Hmm, which makes me feel like they really were just two different projects that got put th- together well i think the rumor back in like when this got announced was that resident evil 2 and 3 were supposed to launch together um as like as like kind of the the playstation classic remake or something like that but 3 mm-hmm. was just farther or sorry 2 was farther along than 3 so they released 2 and then they're like okay let's bundle resistance with 3 I think eventually, mm-hmm. like th- resistance will just kind of separate, and they'll sell it for like twenty bucks or something like that. And Resident Evil Three will just permanently be like it's a good thirty, like thirty, forty bucks. Like it's, I think it's great. But Resident Evil Two is much, much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting from. I was watching some video reviews. I watched Jim Sterling skill up, listen to you talk about it a bit. It definitely feels like people were also comparing it to like um, Tomb Raider in that. 
you're a kind of skinny white girl who's constantly running away from the camera while things collapse and she barely grabs ledges, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very Tomb Raider. I've, I've seen some people like the whole pain porn shit. I don't really, it's not really that, but it's like, it's just like, it's, it just doesn't feel like Resident Evil. Like, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil 2, despite the fact that it plays very similarly. But like, mm-hmm. Nemesis like stalked you the whole time in the original one. And Mr. X did not really stalk you in the original Resident Evil 2. And they kind of flipped it, flipped it where in OG Resident Evil 2, like Mr. X was kind of more scripted. And now mm-hmm. Nemesis in this one's a little more scripted. Like the, the form that we all kind of know of, of Nemesis is like, he's not that form after the first like hour and a half. Like there's not really any chasing every, all the chases I guess from him are just like cinematics. And so it's just like, it's a little disappointing um, hmm. that they kind of, did that um but it's still like it's still a fun game it's still great it still plays well it's just like there just it's isn't pretty. enough there it's very pretty there just isn't enough there there's just not enough stuff definitely a game i'll probably be picking up used or borrowing from a friend yeah exactly it's it, yeah like if if it's 40 bucks it's a great game um but you know it's just a it's just a time thing mm-hmm. like you could have i could have platinumed it in like a day easy in one of my Civ games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, like I think I think really like my first playthrough was under five just under five hours. My second playthrough was like two and a half. So that's let's say four and a half, two and a half, that's uh oh god, seven. And then I think each playthrough after that was about an hour and a bit. So let's it was less than twelve hours, probably hmm. total. Um so yeah, you know. Uh and then I streamed below on Twitch.tv slash Canadian Game Devs. There you go. And uh, definitely down with the explorer mode because mm. it's already it's also hard anyways. And I don't know really the differences between explorer mode and survival mode, but I can already tell that I would not want to play it on survival because when I die in explorer, I get pissed off because I'm I'm not really a big rogue. This is rogue like, right? Or no, rogue. Yeah, rogue like to light. Okay, I think I don't know. God, now I, you're dead. Now I'm doubting myself. <laughs> Basically, because when you die, you start over, but then you can like warp to like a fireplace that you've set up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they say, rogue like. Okay, so because because I do think you you lose everything and you restart from nothing, like nothing you turns do, over. But if you go get your character, then you get your stuff back. I don't know. The rogue police will sort it out soon enough. Yeah, I'm sure they'll yell at us. Um, but it's great. It's atmospheric. It's really fun. Um, it's just like it's not really the genre, like it's not really my type of genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's still I want to play more. I want to explore more. But there's no way I would play this on survival. Like there's it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe after I'm done with explore mode, I will just try survival mode just to see, and then I'm sure I will never play it after that ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've I've dabbled a little bit in GTA because my brother has my Xbox and and I get the pins on. Uh, on my app or whatever that he gets me achievements. <laughs> so I've, and I've, he's been playing GTA, so I've been wanting to play it. So I played a little bit of that. PS4? Fit, yeah, on PS4. Uh, Rain Fit, Animal Crossing, also did the fishing thing. I didn't know that it was different or whatever. I, I don't know that series, so it was, I was fine with it. I didn't... So what do you get at 300? Because I got like 20, and I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah, you get different like fishing-related gifts as you go, and then there's like a silver trophy and a gold trophy at 300. Oh, okay, I got a yeah. I got a shirt, and I was like, "That's fine." Oh man, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I have less than an hour to get like 200 more points. It's not going to happen. Yeah, CJ's a con artist. So, how often does this fishing then happen? Once a season. So the next one will be summer in probably August or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, well. unless you time skip, which I don't. I play leisurely. I just go in. I Heather Heather set up the island legit. She plays every single day. I pay for things every now and then. She I paid towards this ramp or some shit. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's I just live vicarious similar to GTA. I just live vicariously through like the friends that or the people that love it way more than me. So like mm-hmm. my island is actually dope because Heather's just made a really dope island. If it was just my island, it would be a pile of shit right now. So <laughs> it's actually like working out to my benefit. Um, but yeah, that's why I've been dabbling. Sounds great. It's a good yeah. time to play games. It is. Stay inside. Stay inside. Stay safe. Physical, physical distance. I got like three in one day. Like, um, you know, those Amber, not Amber Alerts, but it's like that thing that comes to your phone from the government. Yeah, same. We got one the last time we record. We were recording the podcast is when I got one. 
huh, I got one Friday morning, Friday midday, and then Friday night at like 1 a.m. Oh, God, really? I don't know if it was just delayed in getting to me, but whoever's like at the Nova Scotia website to send these and was at 1 a.m. Like, ah, I should send one more just to be safe. Yeah. No, stop. <laughs> stop it. Oh, man. Yeah, Anywho. I'm just looking at CP24. Ontario reports 31 more deaths due to COVID. Cases rise to 66. All for Canada's kind of handling it pretty well. Like, if you look at, I mean, relatively to the states, like New York is is New York state is quickly becoming like the, the like most infected, like the epicenter of all this. And it's just kind of, it's really just like rocking the shit. So I hope, you know, I, I have a few, no one I know directly has been, has gotten it, but I've known a few people kind of secondhand and thirdhand of just like friends or family of friends and stuff like that who have gone it and some who have died. So I hope everyone's out there who's just safe and, and whatnot and uh, just taking care of everyone. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Yeah. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. Only go outside when you have to. Yeah. yeah. Six feet. Six. It's not hard. All the grocery stores are putting up like one way lanes in the aisles. So go one way, stay six feet. And I'm so sick of people not moving on the sidewalk in the, it's so easy. End of rant. (sighs) That's, that's because it's still the same thing. People in my neighborhood are doing quite well with that. Yeah. We had a guy like get really upset with us for like, staying six feet behind the guy in front of us in the aisle. And he like got right up behind us. He was like, what are you doing? And we're like trying to stay apart from everyone. Could you please back up a bit? We're not (laughs) trying to get sick. And I keep joking about it, but honestly, I'm just going to start coughing. Like if someone like goes to like squeeze past me and I'm just going (coughs) to, and like, (laughs) like everyone's like, Oh, that's horrible. I'm like, no scare people into realizing how serious this is. You know, like obviously I'm not going to like actually project particles in the air. Like I don't know how to fake cough. You need to do something. People need to realize how serious this is. I won't cough. I've changed my mind in this 10 seconds right here, but um, (laughs) you need to do something. People don't understand and it's an, it's old people. I'm sorry. The guy behind us in the grocery store who was cussing us out was old guy. I'm like, sir, you are more likely to just drop dead from this than me, but you're not taking this as seriously as me. I don't understand. Yeah. It like, it rocks, uh, people, especially older people who have respiratory problems. Uh, if you're in your sixties, seventies, eighties, like it, it, it's, uh, it's not great. So, <sighs> oh, well, I'm sure our, our target audience for this podcast is not the same old people who are getting upset at grocery stores. So. I feel we got a lot of 80 year olds kind of listening to the podcast. Yeah. I like to think so. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Canadian game devs.com podcast. This has been episode 137. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running and covering the Canadian game dev scene, you can support us over on patreoncom slash Canadian game devs. If you back us there, you'll get early access to this podcast, uh, access to a special channel on our discord, as well as our undying gratitude and, and occasional free games. And the occasional free games that we just, you know, hand out like, like candy, you know, I got, I got a, I should, I should post about that actually. Cause I have all those COVID games that I, COVID, I don't, I don't humble know, game, right. the humble yeah. games for the COVID uh, relief thing. Yeah. Yeah. I should look that up. Uh, we also uh, like to thank our top patrons as in the people who pledge the most at the end of every episode. So big shout out to Aaron McLeod, Elizabeth Avery, Hanel, Jean Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, M5 Games, Nav from Academy of Games, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, and Slaughter Neko. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you, Steve, for joining me for yet another week covering the game that I've seen here in Canada. Always happy to. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Stephen L. Crane on Twitter and Stephen L. Crane 8 on Instagram, where I post... Mm. Uh, basically non-gaming or non-Canadian game stuff and mm-hmm. photos of my daughter who is very cute and as we found out today to the surprise of neither of us she's in the 81st percentile for size oh she's gonna be tall yeah she will be tall <laughs> you're so, massive dude I remember the first time you walked up to me DJ Lex I was like holy shit <laughs> yeah I'm six foot six so I'm very tall uh, and we were wondering because Heather's family is very like my wife's family is very small Italian Portuguese people like they're just tiny. Mm-hmm. My family is giant. I'm not even the tallest person in my family, so we were wondering. It's really it could be anything. She could be smaller. She could be larger like me, or she could be in the middle. And it seems like she at least for the first six months of her life she's on the larger side. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm I mean, taller I, than I, both I, my parents, but they're very short. So hmm. so she'll probably like be taller than I'm guessing. 
I'm okay. I'm putting him locking my bet here. I don't know what the over under is, but I'm giving <laughs> two inches shorter than you at your max height in your life. It's basically what I am now, which is six foot six. So you're saying that she'll be six foot four, which I feel like will not happen. Mm, yeah, uh, actually, uh, never mind. Apparently, the thing is, at when they're two, you double their height, and that's roughly how tall they'll be. So my niece, you know, who is the daughter of my brother, who's six foot seven, mm-hmm. was through about three feet when she was two. Mm-hmm. So we're we're looking at that. We got we were playing the long game on this one. Okay. In the next ten years or so, she'll probably shoot up to about six feet. Um, so we'll, who who knows? My mom is like super scared though. She's like, "Please don't be six feet. Girls should not be six feet." <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I guess because it's just difficult for girls to be to hit that six foot. You know how like guys on dating apps or whatever will like this is the joke. They'll say that they're they're six feet when really they're like five eleven, five ten. It's like the opposite yeah. for girls. They'd huh. rather say they're five three five thirteen than they're six feet. That's dumb. Yeah, no, it's all dumb. I just hope she is happy. Is really, yeah. It's really that's that's WNBA material right there. Exactly. WNBA just you know renegotiated all their contracts and stuff, so they're they're actually making legit money. So get paid. She's going. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this girl into basketball. They're the doing night. um. What's what's that? They're all in like their private gyms doing a. Yeah, game they're playing horse. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. They also the the Red Sox organist every day at three p.m. streams the seventh inning stretch like set he does. Oh really? They're yeah, take, so you should uh, you should tune into that. Yeah, he like plays <laughs> in his living room. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, you know, baseball is probably the most boring sport in the world, but I enjoyed that uh, little little stream. I'll check it out. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week. You gotta say bye, Steve. At the end of every episode, you say bye. Oh, bye. Three, two, one. Wait, I forgot what episode we're on. Let me. Thirty-seven. One thirty-seven. You're right. Three, two, one.